This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It is Thursday. You know that means it's a date day edition, which means Paula is live in the studio with me. And we would love to have your participation in the program today. Your phone calls and questions, whatever's on your heart, we'll do it. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the word to stand in for life. If you have any questions or comments or ladies, especially you, if you need to be encouraged by Paula, just call us at 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send your questions to us that way. If you are driving in your car on this beautiful afternoon, um, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app Uh, Hit the call now button on the top of the screen and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer, who I was just told is indispensable. So talk to her. (laughs) One more time, 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show today. Thank you, sweetie. I like saying that even though we've been hanging out all day. Yes, you know what I missed? You You usually say, the beautiful Paula is here and you didn't today. So, you know, what's up? Well, you're, you're just as beautiful. I don't know why. Why you miss? Why I stop saying it? I mean, either. So go ahead. Okay, it's the date day edition, mm-hmm. and oh, here's what I said: the most beautiful girl in Texas is here in the studio with me. You usually say that, but you didn't today until right now. Okay. So, okay, thank you. Now I can go on. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have anything to say? No, I'm no. all shook up. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart's a flutter. Yeah, I was like, why did he say? Beautiful Paula's in the house with him. No, anyway, yeah, no, I'm just being crazy. Um, yeah, I have I have lots of things to talk about. The our women's retreat, of course, you know, it's going to be here pretty soon. And I'm warning everybody, you need to register because we're gonna. I know we're gonna max out this year, and if you miss out, I feel bad for you. So don't mess up, so I don't have to feel bad for you. <laughs> so that's coming up March 5th to the 7th. We already started uh, registration. Um, you know, I, I've been invited to some retreats, mostly to do them. And in some cases, it's a praise the Lord that they pay my way to go because some of them are so expensive, you know, and we, ours just aren't, you know. So, um, and then, you know, we got a pastor Ron who says, if you really can't afford it, 
don't let that keep you from going. So God is faithful. He will take care of you. You can start praying and saving now. Start praying and saving now. You know, you're, we're a poor church, so, uh, but God, God does take care of us. So uh, March 5th through the 7th, registration at calvarysa.com, and uh, don't miss out. And, of course, I'm talking to ladies only. You guys help your wives. They're your children, too. So you're not really babysitting. <laughs> you're just taking care of them without her being there. I say this every week, Paula, but there's a lot of ladies who might be listening for the first time thinking, well, you know, I'd be too nervous to go or I wouldn't know anybody. Um, what would you say to them? Well, you could come to our church once or twice, maybe before that, if you're already um, obligated or not obligated, uh, a member or whatever at another church. I mean, so you won't be a stranger at all, even for a few minutes, but um, you won't be a stranger. We have an usher team, and when you get there, they will, for the most part, probably know that you're new, and then they'll be your new best friend. <laughs> so don't be shy. Please come. You can sign up online at calvarysa.com. And ladies, uh, this isn't just for the people from our church. Um, we'll have a couple of other small churches that, that we always invite to join with us. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we'd love to have you come. The, the Lord will meet you there. We call it a date weekend with Jesus, mm-hmm. and he always shows up. Yeah. And guarantee every every year when one lady who just has been so hesitant for, I don't know how many years or for whatever reason, they she finally gets there and she's like, oh, man, this was so awesome. Do we only have one a year? <laughs> and so she, they don't ever miss after that. So don't put off. A lot of people, we say this all the time, you never know what you miss when you say no. And so don't say no this year. I get to my kids, get in the car, put your seatbelt on, be quiet. We're going to go and we're going to have fun. And, and we always did. Okay, we've got a phone call waiting, Paula. So Sweet. get your thoughts organized. Let's okay. go to San Antonio and talk with Jacob on line one. Jacob, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yeah, hey, Pastor Ron, how are you guys doing? We're doing well, thank you. And Paula, sorry, and how are you doing, Paula? I'm doing great, thank you, sir. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, that's okay. So I have just a question. You know, um, we have a couple in our church that they're a same-sex female couple. They've had two children um, through in vitro, and the, the one of the ladies is a surrogate, so she'll have babies for other families. And... Um, one of them had a job loss recently, and, and they asked for prayer, and they, they seem to be seeing, you know, God's blessings on their lives. But the lifestyle is obviously sin. And um, I want to know how to go about lovingly talking to them. Um, with that being said, God called me to start a small group, and no one else has invited them in and is hesitant to. And I wonder if I could get some good advice from you on that topic, and I'll take that off air, okay? Jacob, thank you very much. You know, this is going to happen, Paula, more and more. Uh, we're seeing these things happen, and uh, I am, um, uh, I, I wish I could say I was stunned that, uh, that I would see a church welcoming and accepting, affirming a same-sex couple. Um, but, but that's no longer unusual. Uh, Jacob, let me commend you for loving them enough to want to tell them the truth. And I think 
rather than that awkwardness, you know, other people in the church kind of isolating themselves from them, I think they would probably welcome somebody going up and saying uh, as lovingly and honestly as they possibly could, you know what, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I hope you're hearing the word of God. Uh, but you know that the lifestyle you're living is not acceptable to him. So I want to offer myself, maybe if you're married, Jacob, I want to offer my wife and I um, to come alongside and talk to you about these things. Are you willing to engage in a conversation? Uh, Never, ever be unkind. Never, ever be rude. Uh, At the same time, we've got to be straightforward and direct. Um, to, To have somebody sitting in a church week after week, thinking that they're saved, hoping that they're saved, and nobody say anything to them in a room full of Christians is unthinkable to me. And uh, we've had that same situation without the the pregnancies and the surrogacies and things like that. But um, we've had people come in. uh, Actually, Paula, you've chased women out. Uh, to let them know how much God loves them. And and, and uh, you pr- actually proposed on behalf of the Lord for one, and that lady eventually got saved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jacob, I think what you've got to do is you've got to bite the bullet and, and um, approach them in love and let them know what's true. I would ask you, I wish you hadn't gotten off the line, what is your church's position on this? Uh, we want people who are sinners to come to church. We don't ever want them to feel comfortable in their sin. We don't want to cross that line of making them feel unwelcome. And, and sadly, that happens in a lot of churches. But um, we want them to come. We want them to hear. We want them to know the truth. And uh, if you've been listening to me, Jacob, I'm pretty direct. So there isn't any problem usually with people knowing what is and isn't. Uh, approved by God. The other thing I'd like to direct before I turn it to you, Paula, is this idea where you said they seemingly have God's blessing in their life. Uh, we've got to know um, that God's word is true and that nobody living in open rebellion against God has his blessing in their life. Now, God is patient. He's unwilling that any should perish. And perhaps he's sent them to your church for such a time as this, for somebody who cares enough about the truth and who cares enough about his word uh, and who will love the people the way Jesus wants them to be loved, uh, to tell them the truth. Let me warn you, Jacob, if you do this, you won't be popular. They may be offended, um, be as kind and warm and caring and loving as you can, uh, but be prepared for response. Additionally, if your church, and we've got a lot of churches uh, in the city, this is true of every city, who are, uh, well, you know, they're welcome and God loves them and um, um, they need to know that he loves them enough not to let them stay the way they are. So, Jacob, that would be my counsel to you. Paula, what would you add? Yeah, I was uh, in Psalm 73. You know, it says, that, you know, he, Asaph was thinking, they just, you know, they get away with everything. Their bodies are fat and lean. They don't have the troubles like everybody else. They seem to be blessed. And um, he says, so, I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. 
In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. And so nobody gets away with anything. And, and just because we, we consider blessed because, you know, people are smiling or they're getting stuff. Um, having kids. Having kids, <laughs> you know. You know, the, the world said this is wrong, but look at us. We got these two kids, and, and I'm being a surrogate mother, and I'm praying when you said surrogate mother, these are not people in your church who was asking these people to carry children for them. Cause that just says, Hey, you're okay. Um, but, but my heart breaks for them because this is all the heaven or all the blessing that they're going to get here and now on earth and eternity is a way longer time. And so, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I see some of the ones um, every once in a while who know that they're standing in opposition to God and to his word. Um, and I still try to be, you know, um, loving because I love them. Yeah. Um, but I, not, not affirming. Yeah. Jacob, let me add one other thing. If, if they are professing Christians... Uh, and they insist, no, I'm okay, God God is accepting of this lifestyle, he loves me, he loves us, um, then it's going to be time for you to take the next step and go to your pastor and talk to him. Say, you know, I approached them the way you're supposed to in love, and, and I told them what they were doing is, is sinful, um, but that God loves them, he wants them to come into the family of God. Um, but they refused, and then you leave it in your pastor's lap and say, now it's your responsibility to go to them. And it may be time for a 1 Corinthians 5 kind of thing, where uh, um, if somebody who insists I'm a Christian, this is the lifestyle I'm going to live, I don't care what the Bible says, um, then sometimes they have to be disciplined and put out of the church. Yeah, yeah he, He'd ask him, starting a Bible study, would it be best to invite them to his Bible study? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would certainly invite them, but again, I would talk to them first mm-hmm. about their lifestyle. They need to know where they stand, and it is uh, it is unkind to let them believe that things are going to be okay. I didn't hear the Bible study mm-hmm. part of the question, Jacob. So, and uh, if, I'm sorry if that's for that. the case, would he also need to tell the other people who are a part of that Bible study that this is what he's doing? And no, why? no, okay. uh, you, you know, we we don't have to. Uh, explain why we're, we're we're inviting sinners. We want them to come. Okay. Uh, and now, if they, if they if they say, "Well, I'm not a Christian," well, then certainly invite them to your Bible study. Get in there and let the Word just teach the Word, uh, and and let the the Holy Spirit work through His Word and convict their hearts. And I know Jacob because of your heart. I know that you're praying for them. So keep praying for them. And I want to repeat something I said. This is something that we see happening in churches all over the place. And we've got to tell them the truth. Paula, you know, we've talked about this at Malta Medical. Uh, we have a, an ever-increasing number of gay and trans uh, men and women who are coming uh, for free medical care. Mm-hmm. And we get an opportunity, and they'll say things like, well, my name is, and they'll use a name that doesn't correspond with their assigned gender. Mm-hmm. And our people tell them, look, Give me your driver's license, the name on your driver's license, the ID that we need to treat you. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to call you. Mm-hmm. And and we let them know that we're going to pray for you. Uh, we're going to share Jesus with you. And some of them get really, really offended, Jacob. Uh, but our doctors will, will simply say, 
you know what? This is free medical care. And this is what it costs. Jesus is providing this for you. This is a ministry of our church. And, um, you know, if you can find cheaper, better medical care somewhere else, go for it. And, of course, they can't, Mm -hmm. so we've got that advantage. But the idea is they leave their knowing that we care for them, we love them, and we're telling them the truth in love. And if they get mad, well, that's between them and the Lord. A church is different because the church is the covering of God, the covering of God's people. And if we won't stand for righteousness, then we got a problem. I said, go to your pastor after you've talked with them, Jacob. If your pastor uh, is not in agreement, oh, no, it's fine. You know, maybe we don't agree with it, but we don't want to judge them. Then it's time to find a new church. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. I appreciate the call very, very much. 340-9585. Okay, Paula, you've had extra five minutes to... I know. You know what this was? This kind of saddened me. It made me think, you know, we tell our kids, don't play on the freeway, you know. It's dangerous for you. Look both ways before you cross the street. And when we just accept... Any old lifestyle, and it's not just homosexuality. I love when you're teaching about this. It's not just homosexuality. It's people living in sin with somebody they're not married to, no matter what the gender. It's um, a a man who's being mean to his wife, even though he is married to a woman. Um, Sin is sin. But if we tell or, or we don't say anything, it's almost like we're saying, yeah, go play on the freeway. It'll be all right. So anyway, that's my little two cents. Yeah, Galatians 5 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 both list a set of lifestyles that people who live like this, and by that I mean practice, not somebody who occasionally slips into sin, but people who purposely live their lives in those lifestyles will not inherit the kingdom of God. And uh, the the, the church is um, often, way too often, uh, not standing for truth and righteousness uh, just because we want to be cool and get along and, and oh, we don't want to be judgmental. Well, it's time sometimes yeah. to say this is right, this is wrong, yeah. you have to choose. My Bible study last night over I was and over. I was going to say yeah. that too. Over and over, you know, it was because of the choices they made, God chose yeah. to judge them. Mm-hmm. And the judgment was horrific, so um, we have to be careful. Yeah. Anyway, you have verse 17 and and on. Go read that for those who are leading other people down the wrong path. Oh, my goodness. Um, Okay, so change of subject. Uh, Let me see. I I got a a question that I wanted to. Okay. So is there a passage in the scriptures that that I would recommend for encouraging the hands down, hard open that I so often talk about, and uh, you know, when I was answering this yesterday, I was thinking. Now, let me let me explain. This is these are questions that people send you, mm-hmm. uh, radio listeners, uh, or just people that know you. They mm-hmm. they send these via text to you. Yes, and so um, she did say it was too much to ask on the radio, but here we are. I'm asking it on the radio. And so, you know, what I wanted to say was all throughout Scripture, you know, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, 
that's hands down and heart open for sure. <laughs> you know, Jesus just, oh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, he just went on and on. But the one I, I use a lot is you are not your own, you're bought at a price. And, and that's, I mean, I hear Jesus say that quite often, you know, oh, you're going to do your own thing today? <laughs> Remember, you are not your own, you're bought at a price. And um, in Proverbs 3, this is another scripture that's just been, Paula, don't forget loyalty and kindness. Loyalty and kindness. That's kind of like hands down, heart open. Loyalty, loyal to Jesus, to rightly represent his character, and kindness, which is, you know, it's his kindness that leads to repentance, but his kindness towards others. So that's that's another hands down, heart open, but they're everywhere. Yeah, I, I always look at the cross, and, you know, it's such a good picture. Uh, he, his hands were nailed to the cross, which means his hands were completely stretched out, mm-hmm. and he was as vulnerable as it could be. He was naked. Yeah. Um, they, they were abusing him and mocking him and insulting. And and, to, so, and he said not a word in his not defense. Not a word in his defense. And too often uh, we're afraid of, well, if, I, if I'm vulnerable, then somebody's going to take advantage of me. Well, Jesus was taken advantage of. Yeah. Uh, we all, you took advantage of him. I took advantage yeah. of him uh, as we continued to sin in spite of the gift that he gave us. And what we have to understand is that you cannot be a victim if you're willing to be one. You're doing that for Jesus, and you're, and you're doing your best Jesus impression in a case like that. You're, you're simply saying, Lord, uh, I want to be like you. And I think, Paul, a lot of times God puts us in those situations to answer our prayers, and then we kind of recoil against oh, yeah. it. You know, oh, well, yeah. well, why should I be the one who's vulnerable? Well, you <laughs> said you want to be more like me. <laughs> yeah, been there, heard that voice. That's the exact same conversation Jesus and I would have quite often. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's just something that we need to understand. <laughs> that we cannot protect ourselves because we should consider others better than ourselves. And not just better in terms of quality, but but we shouldn't. We should seek others before ourselves. You know, with thanksgiving, we can make our request known to God. But but if your prayer life life is more about you than it is about others, then then you're out of balance mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And the balance here is really really important. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we're all called to live the vulnerable lifestyle. I finished Isaiah last night, and here's a man whose proclamations, the, the this is what God says, uh, got him sawed in half by the most evil king in the history of Israel, Manasseh. Mm-hmm. And not only was he sawed in half, but Manasseh was able to repent and turn to God and Manasseh's going to be in heaven with us. He's going to be in heaven with Isaiah. Mm -hmm. So think about those things. The the men and women who are called by God in Scripture are all called to live vulnerable lifestyles. The Apostle Paul, uh, Jesus told him, I will show him the things he must suffer for my sake. If I was Paul, every place I went, I'd be looking over you my shoulder and saying, who's paying for me? Is this the day? Is this yeah. the place? Yeah. I, think, I think about those 40 hungry Jews. Oh, you know, yeah. The, the skinny that, guys? That with an, with an, oh, yeah, the skinny guys. <laughs> with an oath, they said, we're not going to eat again. They went on a hunger strike until Paul was dead. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was a vulnerable lifestyle that Paul was called to. But we've got to be vulnerable as well. Yeah. Is it easy? 
do we want to do that? No. Jesus said he went to the cross obediently. Not willingly, but obediently. Lord, because this is, this, is, this is the hands on heart open. If you hear me breathing, that's what I'm doing before I can say anything to Jesus. It's like, okay, Lord, okay. It's like the boogeyman's going to get me, you know. The alligators are on each side of me as I'm walking down this dark road, Lord. But you're with me, right? You promise to never leave me or forsake me. Okay, so I'm going to leave my hands down and my heart open. And he's already pr- told me many times, you will be hurt again. Stephen was called to live a vulnerable life. Yeah. Now he lived a powerful life. Yeah. But he ended up dying. Yeah. James, the first apostle of the twelve to be martyred for his faith. Uh, he was asked to live a vulnerable life. Uh, you remember when Peter uh, was told by Jesus at his restoration that what the end was going to be. In the end, yeah. you'll be stretched out and yeah. indicating the kind of death yeah. he was going to die. Upside and then John down. just mm-hmm. John just happened to be walking around mm-hmm. and he said, well, what about him? Yeah, that'd be me. And, and Jesus said, you know, <laughs> what's it to you? What Mind your own business. Him? Yeah, mm-hmm. this is between you and me yeah. and this is what I'm calling you to do, Peter. And um, we, we all have to deal with that command of God to live these vulnerable lives. The man or woman who watches out for themselves isn't trusting God. Yeah. If we're to be like Jesus, then what we are to do is to not say a word in our defense. Let the Lord dish out, just make sure our heart's right with God, and then we'll be okay. Did that 30 minutes go by that fast? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, I have another question. The okay. rest of this question was on the other side. But, okay. but yeah, being vulnerable, that's my, I hate that word. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. This is the word to stand up for life. The Date Day Show will be back in two minutes. Don't have time to call into the word to stand on for life? No problem. If you've got questions, you can email them to Pastor Ron at PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program. If the next half hour goes as fast as that one did, I well, might as well sign off now. Yeah, it's Friday. <laughs> the last day of the week already, right? 340-9585. <laughs> Paula, uh, I know the other question you had, I'd like you to, to deal with that. Uh, um, I'm 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 anxious to talk about this. Okay. 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 The rest of this, the second part of this question is, um, let me see what, because it's all messed up. Okay. Also, is there a passage or book of the Bible that you would recommend for women healing from past abortions? <sighs> okay. Now I don't want anybody to think me insensitive. Those of you who have been listening for a long time, you know I'm not. But if you're listening and you're new, please don't think me insensitive. We have a church culture that focuses on what we have to do or the amends that we have to make. Um, we, we have 
a lot of ladies in the church who've had abortions in the past, um, they get hit with this wave of guilt. And, and well, we want to, we want healing. And, and the truth is that we've already been healed. That's what Peter says when he's quoting uh, Isaiah 53, by his stripes, by his wounds, we've been healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already been healed from those things. And, and what we have to do in the church, Paula, is we have to have enough faith to believe what God's Word tells us has already been done. You know, we, we don't need support groups. We don't need somebody to wrap their arms and say, it's going to be okay, God understands. No, when we have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come. And we spend so much time living in the old that we cripple our ability to walk in the new. Mm-hmm. And we're always looking back. And it's like Jesus would be saying to us, why do you keep looking back there? I'm walking forward. And, and well, because I feel so bad about what I've done. And that happens because uh, a lot of churches were forced to talk about abortion in this culture. And we, we talk about killing children and, and, and somebody who's had an abortion, oh, and they feel so terrible now that they know it's such a sin. But, but you see, we were all Sinners. Enslaved by yeah. sin. Something or other we did. And, yeah. and we didn't know mm-hmm. the difference between right and wrong. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. Mm-hmm. And, and see, that's the whole reason for going to Jesus in the first place. Not just to be forgiven, but to have those things, those sins thrown in the deepest, darkest ocean. We keep going scuba diving, spiritually speaking, and bringing them back up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is one of the real sad things that we deal with, Paula, uh, on a continuing basis where people are always looking for healing for things that have already been healed. And I don't know why it's so hard to communicate the, the sense of faith. Uh, just believe what God has told you and you don't worry. Now, you know, in our case, Paula, nobody has ever been a bigger jerk than I was before Christ. Well, not to me anyway. <laughs> I don't but, know all the jerks in the world, but... But, you, you know, the, the, even even you, for a time at the beginning, were irritated that I accepted forgiveness. It made so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, okay, I'm forgiven. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's get busy serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, there were times in your flesh you wanted a pound of my flesh. Sure. You know, yeah. God, let me get even here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not who he is. Yeah. And he's forgiven our sins. So for the person who asked this question... Um, you want a healing passage, John chapter 3. You want a healing passage, uh, Paul talking to the church at Philippi. One thing I do, forgetting that which is behind, I press on. Mm-hmm. And it's in pressing on when the enemy's not going to have an opening. It's when we're remembering things that have already been forgiven and forgotten. Mm-hmm. That's when he's going to start pounding us with 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 sin and conviction or, or, or guilt. guilt and condemnation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to believe with all of our hearts that there is now no condemnation mm-hmm. for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. Yep. I love how, uh, and this was part of my answer, but uh, to with David, you know, he's mourning and, you know, praying, asking God, begging God to save the baby. But once the child was dead, his servants were like, what? Why are you going to eat now before we're trying to cheer you up and you know what's wrong with you well david said i know that i'll go and see him again he won't come back to me but i know that i'll go and so why should i keep on groaning and moaning when what's done has been done 
and there's nothing I can do about that. I can waste more time um, still laying around, but I'm a king. Yep. And see, he accepted responsibility. Yeah. He wasn't trying to, well, okay, mm-hmm. let's move on. Mm-hmm. But, but he understood that, that, that as a king, he's got work to do. Yeah. We're children of the king. Yeah. We have work to do. Yeah. And Satan is the one who's trying to, to, to tie us up with guilt and condemnation. Mm-hmm. And we let him do it. We play right into his hands. And then we just sort of d- d- delve into a deeper and deeper despair. Mm-hmm. It's easy, sadly, it's easy to find Christians who will look you look at you like they say, "Oh, you had an abortion," and it's like, "Okay, well, let me go talk to somebody else." Then, um, you know, he or she who has been forgiven much loves much, mm-hmm. and so you channel all of that into love for Jesus. And this is an issue of faith and faith alone. Yeah. You know, we believe that God saved us. That's faith. But we don't believe that he's going to deliver us or has already delivered us from all the horrible things that we've done. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a lady the other day, and she was talking about some things that, you know, she she did, and, you know, she still has those those thoughts. I was like, (laughs) so and kind of thing. We also have those thoughts. It's taking those thoughts captive and going forward, but I was saying to her, you know, that's, I think, the biggest thing about Calvary Chapel San Antonio, when people normally walk in here, they can feel the love. And I, my conclusion is the love that they feel is exactly what you're saying. We are just a bunch of sinners. We all have a past. And yet we know Jesus has accepted us, cleansed us, and we get to be used for him. That's an amazing thing. And so we can turn around and tell others, yeah, so you had an abortion. So did she. So did she. So did she. So did they. You know, kind of a thing. Um, and and so let's forget about that and let's move on. But I think it takes, sometimes it takes a little time, or maybe just uh, to hear over and over again, how beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Because the enemy would play with my, my mind as well over and over again. Um, and so I think it's just a matter of, do I believe God that he loves me? He forgave me of all my sins? Yes or no? And you have to revisit that maybe daily until you just you get it. Well, I think two things. One, we've got to be actively in his word. Um, uh, new thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Paul writes. Mm-hmm. So we have to have a new thought process. Yeah. And, and then secondly, we've got to be able to identify the source of the lie. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in your word, if you're being taught in a Bible teaching church, um, when you hear a lie, you can hear the hiss of, of Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to reject that lie. You, you can't feel bad all over again. Oh yeah, I forgot I did that and I feel so bad now. And again, I'm not being insensitive, but but it's the enemy who's trying to hamstring you and, and to keep you from doing um, what God wants you to do. And, and guilt and condemnation are two of his greatest weapons. Yeah, you're not being insensitive. You're being loving and, come on, you know this already. Jesus died for all sins, past, present, and future. Your abortion, and in some cases, abortions, didn't fool God. He, you're, and, and that baby or those babies are with Jesus right now. Like David, he knew he would go to him. Um, and so... Every time the enemy comes and 
even in our own family, I haven't didn't have an abortion, but you and I lived together before we got married in ignorance. We did we knew it wasn't right, but we knew we we didn't feel like we had a choice. Mm-hmm. And so here we are both unbelievers and we live together. <clears throat> and so when our younger son was going to move in with his girlfriend and we said, because now we're Pastor Ron and, and Mama Paula, uh, we said, oh, don't do that, baby. And he says, well, why? You guys did. And so that happens a lot. The guilt that we once had, people will try to use that on us now. And we were able to say, we were not believers. We were young and foolish. Nobody even told us, even though that wasn't our excuse. And he said, what you did, and you said to him, yeah, but do you want to live with the consequences that your mom and I have had to face all these years? Yeah, do you want to live with the pain that I caused your mom? Do you want to live knowing that you're in rebellion against God Mm -hmm. and having to deal with that every single day? And you could see the look on his face, Mm -hmm. and it was like, well, you know, what what people want is to sin without consequence. And we need to remind them constantly Mm -hmm. of the consequences that await um, God does not look lightly upon rebellion. Yeah. You know, a sin of omission. I didn't know it. I know it's wrong now. I'm sorry I did it. It's completely different than willful rebellion. And our children were really accountable because we're sitting there telling, do this the right way. Yeah. If you want your mom and I involved, then you have to. And I and God blessed me. He, he took both of my kids and moved in their minds and hearts. Mm-hmm. And I had the privilege of marrying both of my sons. Yeah. And... Um, that never would have happened had we uh, not told them the truth uh, in love yeah. and taken a stand. Yeah. And that's what God is waiting for people to do. You know, you mentioned we feel so much guilt for the things we did. You know, it would have been easy when Ronnie said, well, you did. Mm-hmm. It would have been easy for, for you to say, well, you know, I'm yeah. a hypocrite. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. And, and just wilt mm-hmm. at that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But no. But see, yeah. that's that's who I used to be. Mm-hmm. Ronnie, that's who I used to be. Yeah, That's not who I am anymore. Yeah, Learned a really hard lesson, yeah. and I don't want you to have to learn it. Yeah, he actually said, well, it worked out for you. Yeah. And, and I said, do you want to live with the pain that I caused your mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that really got him to thinking. Yeah. So. That insecurity, and people, people in the audience, they know what we're talking about. That insecurity of, if he's just going to mess around with me, not, you know, uh, what's he doing when he's late <laughs> coming home from work? If he's not going to marry me and make me a legal woman, you know, um, how long is he going to stay with me before he moves on to the next one? Yep. I'm talking to somebody I know right now. I, I always <laughs> I always say that if uh, you're with a man, ladies, who says, oh, it's just a piece of paper, well, that's exactly how he's going to treat it after you get married, mm-hmm. if you get married. Yeah. And this is a man that you need to get rid of. Well, Paula, we've got a caller holding. Let's go to Jeff calling on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Pastor Ron, I'm, I'm just now driving by the radio station of Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. I don't well, you need to come morning. over here. <laughs> I need to come over there. I'm coming on Saturday. Pastor, you're okay, preaching in the morning on Saturday? Yeah, we have prayer at 930 and then my pastor's discipleship class at 1030, so that's this weekend. Mm-hmm. Great. We'll see you then. Okay. Mama Paula, um, I got your book, baby. Nope. I got your book. But I'm going to give it away to somebody it. else I'm, if you don't call Saturday. I'll be there. I'll be there. Oh. You know, have you noticed, I guess maybe you don't notice, but on Thursdays when, when Pastor Ron um, welcomes the, 
the radio audience, his voice goes up like, you know, like an octave. I mean, it's like he's so excited to have you. Because so, you know, his, I mean, I, his I, most I, beautiful wife. <laughs> so even if he doesn't say the most beautiful woman in Texas, you know he means it because it's, it's oozing out of his voice. It's like, welcome to date day. You know, it's so great enthusiasm. Jeff, my, my producer here comes and turns my chair around so that I'm looking right at her. So that's what causes my voice to raise. <laughs> oh, I oh, love you guys. Indispensable BS. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mama Paul, I got a question for you about men. And it's do, do you think that we have an empty box in, in our brain? I mean, do you think that, you know, we think differently, but. Like, my wife, everything is connected to everything. Like, every date, every, everything. She doesn't forget anything. She remembers stuff I said to her in 1993. And then me, you know, it's just like, I'm in this, I've got this box, and it's just empty. And, you know, and sometimes it's where i got to go hang out. It's just in my empty box. What what do you think about that? Do you think that's true or not? Are we just making excuses? No. Just excuses. If anything, in our family, I'm the empty box. (laughs) (laughs) And Ron remembers things like he can do a book report of a book that he read in the third grade. And me, I read something just a little bit ago. I couldn't tell you (laughs) what it was for the life of me. But, but, yeah, we are wired differently. you know, I want to talk, and Ron wants to be quiet. You wouldn't know it by this radio program, but <laughs> it is really true. Well, that's the thing. I talk all the time. Yeah, yeah. So come on, Paula. Don't talk to me when I get home. But no, he'll talk to me. But um, yeah, no, we're just wired differently. Um, I'm more the emotional one, and it sounds like, or seems like in your case, you might be the more emotional one, and and your cute wife is more the... Logical yeah, logical yeah. People say that she's the rock and I'm and I'm the cl- I'm the kite. And <laughs> yeah, no, Ron's the I, kite yeah. and I'm the kite stream. Yeah. Paul is the kite tail. <laughs> Kite's yeah, yeah. tail there. Yeah. Wee. I can tell tell you one thing, Jeff. You know, when when <laughs> when you ask your wife what's going on and she says nothing, oh, that she's, lying. she's never that's never the truth. No, she's lying. When when Paula will say to me, What are you thinking? And I say nothing, it's nothing. <laughs> It really is nothing. We we can go to that really place. Their nothing. minds are always working. Go ahead. Okay, a serious question now, Pastor Ron. Um, would you would you take a look at Galatians six six for me, and and, and help me get a little more context around that? I know what I know what the, the what the chapter talks about, but that verse about instructor and 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 sharing that with your instructor. Oh, I can do that, Jeff. Before I do that, okay. you can hang up. Before I do that, I'm going to take Mary. She's been holding on the line, and then I'll come back and answer that question at the end of the program. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Love See you. you on Saturday. See you Saturday. Let's go to Mary holding. Mary, thank you for being so patient. You're on the air. Mary, you there? Did we lose you? Can you hear me now? Oh, I can Hello? hear you now, Mary. Thank you. Hi, Mary. Oh, I haven't good. heard your voice in a long time. Well, uh, 
I've had a very uh, sad past year, but um, God's getting me through everything. Um, the Lord. Yeah, really bad. But anyway, um, I raise a grandson. He just turned 20, um, and he has some his friends and all. They, uh, they know the Lord, but they don't serve the Lord. But just recently, a bunch of them have asked me, uh, would I hold a Bible study in my home for them so they could get to know the Lord? And I said, of course, I'm, I want to jump right on this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I don't know what book to start with to send off for, you know, Bible study kind of material. Uh, you know, do I just start with Matthew? Do I go with James or, you know? Yeah, Mary, I'm thrilled for you. I'm I'm so thrilled. Uh uh, this is, I'm sure, an answer to many, many years of prayer. So oh, uh, oh I gosh, would start. Yes, I, I would start either with the Gospel of John, or with Ephesians. You can't go wrong okay. either choice you make. So, just sort of prayerfully uh, consider which one of those the Lord would lead, and and when He does it, you dig in and um, and go for it. If you choose John, um, let me recommend a, a commentary for you. Um, that's that's just w- been wonderfully used by the Lord's Griffin Thomas T H O M A S, uh, the Gospel of John, and um, uh, th- that will give you a, a bunch of in context verse by verse Bible studies, and uh, I'll be praying for you and your grandkids. That's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, then I got a little direction here, so I sure appreciate it. Thank you, Mary. God, God Keep listening. You. I'm gonna. I'm gonna th- thank you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. Uh, say one more thing, and you can listen on the on the radio. Um, I I wish all Christians. I love what you. The way you said it. Um, they know the Lord, but they're not serving the Lord. And when whenever we have that situation, what we need to understand is two things. First, they're not saved. Mm-mm. They're not saved. And we need to, to to stop kidding ourselves like they are. And I hear that, Mary, a hundred times a month. Well, yeah, they, they know the Lord, but I said, well, what makes you think they know him? They know about him, but there's a huge difference between knowing about him. Now, that's the first thing you might think, well, that's not very encouraging. But here's the encouraging thing. You see, kids who are raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, when they go out and find out how empty the world is, then they come back asking these kind of questions. They know where to go. And that's such a good thing because what that means is that these kids have been raised to know who's right, to know what's right. And now you're seeing the fruit of that. And and there's still going to be some struggles. But remember, they're not saved, but God is doing his part in bringing them back. And to ask their grandmother... At 20 years old, that's her grandmother. Would you do a Bible study? You tell me when. (laughs) So I am so thrilled for you, Mary, and I'll be praying for you. Please, uh, you might even give us a call back after your first Bible study and let us know how it went. The only other thing I'd say is every Bible study, give them an opportunity without pounding them, without making them feel feel horrible or like you're you're beating them over the head with the Bible. (laughs) Offer them an opportunity. If you're ready to receive Jesus Christ, I'm more than happy to pray. 
and help you to become a part of the family. Sometimes kids that grew up in Christian homes automatically assume they already are Christians. Mm-hmm. And they're only Christians when they're born again, when they're weaned off mom and dad's faith or grandma's faith, mm-hmm. and now they have to have it on their own. Mm-hmm. Great, great, great call. Thank you for holding, Mary, very, very much. We are inside of four minutes, so let me deal with Jeff's question <laughs> uh, for Galatians. Um, at the end of Galatians, you know, Paul is sort of um, just going through some some final thoughts. And, and verse 6 doesn't actually um, sound like uh, it belongs there. It's, it, it's, it's sort of outside the context. Um, but here's what he says. If you receive instruction in the word, uh, then you share all good things with the instructor. Now, in the early church, uh, there were people who were Bible teachers, gifted and called to be Bible teachers, and often they would go starving. I mean, this is a different world uh, that they lived in than the world that we live in, and they would they would they would actually have to do without things. And so Paul is saying, look, uh, if you called a plumber, I'm going to culturalize it. If you called a plumber, you'd pay him. Well, if you call a Bible teacher, pay him. Make sure that he's making his living from the word. He'll tell Timothy that, that those who teach the word of God are worthy of double honor. And the word honor there refers to, to money. And so it's not that we should live above the means of other people, but uh, we should remember that the most valuable thing anybody can do for us is to teach us, to bring us the word of God. And so when, in fact, uh, somebody is blessing you, then it's incumbent upon you, if possible, to bless them and make sure that they can keep doing what they do. Now, obviously, there's Bible teachers that, that for all of the wrong reasons, um, take this way out of context and, and, and make it all about giving me money, give to me, give to me. Uh, that's not what it is. Just make sure that the people that are blessing you with the word are being blessed by you. And uh, you want to be sure that they're going to be able to keep doing what they do. So... Yeah, and don't make life hard for them. (laughs) That's not beneficial to you. That's what the scripture says, right? Yeah. So good question, Jeff. Thank you Mm -hmm. very, very much. Well, Paula, I can't see. We're inside of two minutes. So what's on your heart? Well, I was going to share. Remember last week we were talking about the the blessings that we've seen since we've been here in San Antonio, how God's hand has moved. But we need a whole hour. We're not going to do that today (laughs) now, but we could be very thankful. And, you know, we have that Galatians 6, 6. We have been great recipients of um, the people of our church sharing all good things with us. We have not gone hungry, you know, at just the right time. Uh, People will say, hey, I'm I'm, going to bring you over something this meal or that meal, or like at Christmas, we get cards and gifts and cash. And I mean, it's just that, that our body is very generous, not only to each other, but to us as well. And personally, Pastor Ron, I'm really kind of glad I'm, I'm married to you because, you know, I get a lot of stuff because I'm married to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, appreciate you tuning in today. Just kind of a heads up on tomorrow's program. Uh, we're going to invite, I've invited Uh, Pastor Chris Garcia and his wife Elvira, Uh, we talked to you about them going to Mexico. Uh, They're in town to catch an airplane, so they're going to go. I asked them to stop by and be on the radio program tomorrow. You will be truly blessed, and I want you to hear from them. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing, at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. 